while Kevin's gone, I'll take the t- I'll take this time to speak upon the Big Ten uninterrupted. Uh, I'm really looking forward to um, his inter-house rival this year. Uh, Kevin did a lot of shit talking last year. A lot. Rightfully so, because it was an ass-whooping that Michigan took last year. But I'm, I truly feel for Kevin, because Michigan had won in, what, like 14 years? If, for some reason, Michigan wins this year, Kevin's going to have to stay at somebody's house now, because they're going to run him out the house. Like, you literally said this in the podcast just a minute ago. So it's like Jim Harbaugh, been there a while, he's built his program. He's a you know, known great coach. You know, returning quarterback, like highly rated, been there now a year, like high expectations. You know, high recruiting classes, all that stuff. Their defensive line <coughs> is terrible bad. I think Ohio State's offensive line will manhandle their defensive line. Think about this. Michigan's best defensive line, like not arguable, like Michigan sites will say this is playing at Tennessee this fall. Right. I mean, they lost a ton up front. That's for that's for damn sure. I think Ohio State's going to wipe the floor with Michigan. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. I put my heart in this Let's go, man. That is as good as it gets. I represent me in this issue. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Ruling on the field, a touchdown is confirmed. Now, you've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so. No way. Kentucky wins. Welcome to the Peace of Mind podcast. This is Kevin Jackson. As always, I'm with AJ Nance. AJ, how you you doing, man? I'm hanging in there, man. It's... uh... Another week down, another week closer. We're we're two weeks away, so uh, thirteen days. I can I can manage from here. That's that's how I'm looking at this. This has got to be the worst time of the year for a college football player. That oh, first God. the first, first week, week of camp, camp is over. <laughs> Man, do you know how many days? Um, well, first of all, let me ask: Did how many days were camp at Air Force? We didn't have fall camp because you had basic training. Okay. So school right. started. School started at the beginning of August. My first day of school was August sixth, mm-hmm. my freshman year, and then uh, yeah. So I mean, you just you just you're in school the whole month. Got it. Okay. So you just have regular practice. So what about what about Ohio State? Do you know how long they go to camp for? They just finished their first week, and then uh, I know they move into the hotel after like day two or day three. So about to say I re I retweeted one from the from the podcast account the other day, and they were checking into the hotel. Yeah, they actually did. The Ohio State media team did a pretty cool. Uh, like knockoff of a day in the life of a football player in camp. Yeah, that's what I retweeted. Oh, you did? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that's that, what, I, he was checking into the hotel then, wasn't he? 
I, I believe that's what it said to start because it was like four something check into the hotel. Yeah, ten yeah, something yeah. was uh, lights out, and then like his yeah, then right, the and they had to catch the bus and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so like we would go to camp for we would go to camp for sixteen days, so and back then you could have, I think, is either. Two or three. I think it was two, two a days. So we'd go for sixteen days. First two would be just helmets. Second two would be shells. Pretty much the rest of the time, you would do full pads, um, unless like on the two a days, like we had a really good first practice, then they let us go shells to second practice. Right. Uh, but it was a. Uh, I mean, that second week's a grind because. I mean, the first week you're you're excited to get there. Plus, there's not a lot of hit. There's not a lot of hitting the first week, obviously, because you're not in full pads to the fifth day. But that second week, it's like <laughs> that excitement's worn off, and now it's just like survival mode for the next week until because like that. So we check in. We usually started on a Thursday, so. That first weekend was terrible. The second weekend was a scrimmage and then like students. So you get freshmen, um, any people that are going to like go to sororities or fraternities would check in. So at least there were like people on campus with you after the second weekend. And then you have a few days after that, you have like your final big scrimmage and then like school starts on a Wednesday and then that's your 16 days. That's wild. You're just, your body's so broken down. I mean, especially after that first week, I will say, I like how, I like how Ohio state based, based upon the, um, the day in the life video that they did. I like how theirs is set up because ours was reversed. So we would get up in the morning, eat breakfast, go do film, work out, go to lunch, then practice would be from like two to five. Oh, that's then you'd have that's then the hottest part dinner. of the day. Right. So then you'd have dinner and then go to film. Like you have dinner, you go to film, and you get out and you have snack and then you're done for the day. Versus like Ohio State, like you practice, your, their, uh, according to them, their practice was like 9 to 11.30, somewhere in there. So it's like, it's hot, but it's not scorching hot in the middle of the day. And it's like, man, if I could just make it till noon every day, I'm fine. Cause I'm, I'm sure like our workouts weren't crucial or anything. And I'm sure there's are, it's going to be a lot, a lot of like body rehab stuff, good amount of stretching, um, good, like not heavy weights, but like you could do rubber band resistance or chain resistance just to work on like keeping your body loose and and doing a lot of like rehabilitation work like stretching cold tubs stuff like that so your body's ready to go the next day i'd rather do it that way though and kind of be like i just got to make it till noon and i'm done for the day especially if uh especially if you got to be there all day 
Oh, God, it's all day. Like, just get it over with in the morning time. Like, you don't have to just be there all day like, man, we still got to practice today. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm not a – I'm not a good, like, set an alarm and get up as soon as it goes off kind of guy. So I would just sleep at – I'd just sleep at the facility because I was too terrified of going back to the room and – being like oversleeping or anything like that. So I would just, I would just not go back to the room. I'm just so glad I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I used to feel like that. And then I was just like, it hit me and I'd be like, man, it would still be fun as shit to like, just go to camp. Like just be around your boys all day. It's nothing but football all day. Like, you're getting pretty good meals three times a day. Like, that part was, like, the yeah, practices right. I mean, that's of being outside fun. suck. Yeah. But, like, being with, your, being with your, your, your boys and, like, knowing that you're all grinding and going through the same thing and just kind of being like, hey, like, it's just us for 16 days. Like, I think, like, it goes a long way to establishing some, some sort of, I would say, like, experience or like connection between you and your teammates, which probably plays a role in how you, how you play them and, and interact throughout the year. Those were um, like the best of times. And then the worst of times. <laughs> These were the best of times and the worst of times. Oh yeah. When you're in it, when you're immersed in it, like hell yeah, you're just like, dog, I don't, like I don't want to see another one of y'all. I don't. I don't want to talk to another coach. Like I don't want to do none of this. <laughs> but also, like you just. But then you get the moments of like the first game, and like you can smell like the brats are being cooked, and like the crowd's getting excited. The stadium starts to fill up, and like you're in pregame warmups, and you're like, man, this is so incredible. Yeah. Like, I'm so it, lucky. It's wild to see, like, even going back to games now and, like, just seeing various parts of it, like the catwalk, which is, like, two hours before the game where you walk through the fans, or, like, the intro the intro into, like, the stadium. It's just, like, it's something that's never going to, like, go away, which is kind of awesome. But nevertheless... That is camp. That is hopefully what some of your favorite teams are going through now. But uh, keeping along with what we've been doing the past couple of weeks, we're going to get into uh, the Big Ten breakdown. I know that this is a favorite of one of our co-hosts here. So um, I'm going to defer to you. I, you tell us where we're starting. Uh, I know where you want to start, but you tell us where we're starting for this. <laughs> Well, let's break down what happened in 2018. Okay. Ohio State beating Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. Although, um, which makes two years in a row where the Big Ten champion is not in the college football playoff. Actually, it could be more than that. When's the last time a Big Ten team was in the playoff? 2016? Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah, that was. That was 16, right? That was. I'm looking now. Let's see. That was 16. So. Yeah, Michigan State was in that year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they went to the they went to the playoff. Mm-hmm. And the next year, Washington. Oh no, 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 no! Seventeen was the last one because that's when y'all played Clemson. It went Yeah, in the Orange Bowl. So that was the last one. Okay, so two years ago. Yeah. So, um, but it turned out to be a pretty decent bowl season for for the Big Ten. Um, but looking into 2019 with, uh, you know, Urban Meyer stepping down at Ohio state, this kind of just seems to be like anybody's league or most people would say it's probably going to be Michigan's league. Their, their, their first opportunity to, uh, to win a championship since 2004, which is crazy to think that they hadn't won one since then. Um, and even then, it was a co-championship. Who they split with so, in two thousand four? Iowa. Yeah. Yep. Uh, nonetheless, we've got. Um, I mean, you can make a case, especially when Urban Meyer was there. You've got a lot, a lot of great coaches in the Big Ten currently, which has probably been the reason why their league has been elevated so much. Yeah. Um. But. Let's get into it. Who do you think is uh, who do you who you predicting to win the league this year? Uh, I mean, it's tough not to go. I mean, it's tough to go against um, Ohio State or Michigan to to outright win it. I think um, this year, like like most years, I would say that the uh, the East is still probably my favorite. Um, over the West, yeah. The West, I, I think right. that the West is better this year, um, but I do still think the East is probably the predominant favorite until somebody uh, kind of takes that torch back from them. Uh, I would say the West. The West needs a the West needs a dominant team other than Wisconsin, right? Like, and and I think you'll you'll start to like Northwestern is consistent. They're just not dominant, uh, right? I mean, I, I yeah, consistent, they, they but they're not dominant. I think that yeah, they do. Oh, go ahead. My bad. As I said, Northwestern they do they do incredible things with what they've got. Yeah, and I think that I think that um, across the line, I think the West will be better. I mean, I I have a hard time seeing Minnesota going three and six again in the conference, um, or maybe not in the conference overall. But I think that. Their overall win total will probably be up a little bit. Uh, I think Nebraska is going to be a bowl eligible team. I think Purdue's going to obviously still be pretty good. And you've got your Iowas and your Northwesterns who are still going to probably be right there competing for the top slot out of that conf- or out of that side of the conference. Um, so I think that side will be interesting. I do. Th- I, I would say probably the East is a three team race. I think Penn State probably takes a, a small step back, losing McSorley. Uh, but I think you're going to end up in a Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State uh, three-way race for that. And I think 
while I think Michigan and Ohio State have been better teams, I think that Michigan State returning what they're returning uh, gives them kind of a, a little bit of edge to put them in the running. Yeah, I think Michigan. I think Penn State's going to take a step back. You know, um, a lot of people being high on Nebraska. I know Athlon Sports picked Nebraska to win the West. I mean, in in playing the Big Ten championship. It's just hard for me to see a four-win team then go to ten wins, nine or ten wins in one season. Like I, I that's just a large jump for me. And I mean, you've seen it happen, so I'm not saying it can't happen. But I'm looking at their schedule now. I mean, they've got they've got a schedule that shapes up fairly well for them. Um, they get Northwestern at home. They get Iowa at home. They get Wisconsin at home. And they get uh, Ohio State at home. Excuse me. So their road games are really, they go they go to Minnesota. They go to Illinois. They go to Purdue. And they go to Maryland. So, I mean, it's laid out for them to have a really good season. I, I don't know if I see 10 wins. Um, I here's Here's the trend uh, I think that people, a lot of people are looking at is the Nebraska football program was a little bit uh, a little bit soft mm-hmm. and it had to get turned around. And so you saw week one, they lost that terrible game to Colorado where they, they should have had it won. And then I, that probably ended up was the reason why they lost to Troy the next week. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like an after effect loss. Right. And because um, I think – um, didn't they have a game? Something happened weird week one. I cannot remember that. It was like it was delayed. Their quarterback or something. got hurt week one, didn't he? Yeah, it was just or yeah, it was a weird. Something weird happened at the beginning of the season. But the games, they, I mean, so then they went to Michigan and they just they got waxed. Oh, the Akron game lost. got canceled. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, the Akron game got canceled. Yeah, right. yeah. So that uh, so then the, like, the Colorado game was. In fact, their first game. Right. Yeah, they were a week behind. Yeah. And so, uh, and then they had to go to Wisconsin. So, they, I mean, they had a really tumultuous first part of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, if you look at the the latter part of it. I was say, their got, last six games, they were in there, man. They go to Northwestern. Uh, the winner of the division, they lose in overtime by three. Mm-hmm. They go to Minnesota. They win. They get Bethune Cookman. They win that one. They have to go to Ohio State. They lose by five on the road. They beat Illinois, beat Michigan State, and then they lose by three to Iowa. Right. So you're so they go four and three to end the season, and their three losses are by a combined eleven points. Uh, eleven points to the two teams that played in the Big Ten championship, and then Iowa. Uh, Iowa, mm-hmm. yeah, who's a solid program. I mean, they're not far so, off. I, I, I guess yeah. that. And I'm looking at some of A lot of, of people, the, especially with, with the quarterback, Yeah, everybody's real high on him. I mean, I'm looking at some of the earlier games. Like Buffalo, I would say they're probably a better team than Buffalo coming into this year. Um, I would say that getting Wisconsin at home gives you a chance. Um, I mean, it could happen. I think uh, – I mean, they're gonna have to play defense, and the plus, and the fact that they they play in the Big Ten West, 
is going to be the key factor. Yeah. If they were in the East, they wouldn't have a shot. Right. And so right. Um, I don't I don't have them playing in the Big Ten Championship, but I have them finishing second in the West, and I have Iowa playing in the Big Ten Championship. Why, why Iowa over them? Uh, the quarterback's more experienced. Um, they get all three of their top rushers back, mm-hmm. which is which is big for them. And I just don't know what Nebraska is going to do defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think I, Adrian Martinez and Scott Frost are just perfect for each other, and I think they're going to be great. But I just don't know if the black shirts will be back. Um, but uh, Iowa's schedule is, uh, I mean, it's pretty tough in the sense that they have their crossover games are at Michigan and Penn State. Yeah. yeah. That's not ideal. Um, but I, you know, I just, I, I just, I think that they're going to be a better team than Northwestern. I don't think Wisconsin has a quarterback. So I think that's a, that, that'll be, that could be a game that they lose. But then again, it's again, they're not playing in the East. So they can go nine and three and still win the league. I mean, I think like, yeah, yeah. I mean, nine, what, nine wins won you that division last year. So, I mean, that would in turn be your magical number. You try to, I mean, you put yourself in position to, I mean, Iowa was had nine wins last year, but they lost to um, Northwestern, and that's why they weren't in that game. Right. But, I mean, you want to put so, yourself in that. Now, I have um, – so that puts my Big Ten championship game as Ohio State versus Iowa, mm-hmm. and I have Ohio State winning. Okay. Now, I people would just say that, oh, yeah, you're just biased. Yeah. Or, of course you did. Of course you – I can hear Justice right now. Of course you picked Ohio State. <laughs> but with that being said, it's it's more of a testament to how talented their roster is more than Ryan Day – yeah, being that prolific as a coach, I mean i I come from the the mindset of you have to kind of ride some ships until they give you a reason not to. Very much like, I mean, if you're looking at the Patriots playing anybody in the Super Bowl, well, I'm probably going to bet the Patriots until Tom Brady and them lose multiple, and it makes me think differently. You know, right? Um, and you know who else agrees with you, or probably has it as that same mindset is the coaches. Yeah, because the coaches poll just came out last week, and they have Ohio State fifth. Is Ohio State really the fifth best team in the country? Will they finish that way? I don't know, but you know, it's kind of like the they keep the coaches will put them up there until somebody proves that they're going to beat them. Yeah. Man, I'm looking at it and it's it's really a toss up. I will say that Ohio State plays Northwestern, they play Nebraska, and they play do you guys play Wisconsin this year? Like in uh, yeah. yeah, on October twenty sixth. So I mean like you're playing everybody but Iowa out of the West. So that leads me to probably pick Iowa coming out of the West just because they have a little bit more manageable schedule than... Yeah, they don't have to play Ohio State. Right, than the other teams. 
Um, I think the popular opinion of, of why people would go with Michigan is because the Ohio State-Michigan game is in Michigan this year. They got a senior quarterback and a more experienced head coach. Yeah. So the 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 three pillars of home game, senior quarterback, more experienced head coach, would trump the, uh, well, we just haven't beat them in a long time. Yeah. I mean, if you're – if you're confident in with Shea Patterson that he's the guy, uh, and then my thing is, and he's really good, yeah, no doubt. But like my thing is, by the time you all play, all that experience shits out the window because it's not like Justin Fields didn't play in big games last year. Now he didn't take a majority of snaps, but he did compete in big games last year. So it's not like he is a freshman. Or anything. And so by the time, I mean, he's played against, I mean, if he's a practice quarterback, he's going against the Georgia Warrens quite often. So he's seen a good defense. So by the time you're playing the 12th game of your regular season, his experience is about equal with Shea Patterson. So it's basically the battle of former SEC quarterbacks and who's going to, who's going to take that step. Honest, like honestly, I, it's a toss up. Um, my my gut tells me to take Michigan, just for the simple fact that Ohio State pretty much lost all of their their offensive weapons outside of the running back, outside of the running back position. But I just think when it's a it's a mental hurdle. It's not it's not a physical hurdle. It's not a talent hurdle. It's a mental hurdle. That's basically keeping Michigan from beating Ohio State. Uh, and I, of all people, should know because Kentucky has lost to Tennessee and Florida for more than 30 years. So, like, I've seen where you just march out a better team and don't get it done because mentally you're just – you haven't gotten to the point where you beat a team like that before. So, right, I – I mean, I'm going to go to Ohio State until, like, you know, I'd rather go with Ohio State now and look back on this three months down the road and be like, well, I was wrong. Then pick somebody else and, like, the logical happen, and it'd be Ohio State, and they'd be like, you idiot. Why not, yeah, for why sure. not just take the, take the constant that's always there? Trying not to be biased, like, it's just easier to trust Ohio State to be there than it is for Michigan to be there. Right, like, if we – if we talked like, like we did the same exact thing a couple months ago where we talked about uh, our brackets and it's like, yeah, I want to be unbiased as possible, but when Kentucky's got a team that could, that could potentially win the national championship. Like we were two seed and we were clicking at the end of the season. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to pick us to win it all. Like, because a, it's a crapshoot on whatever team you take, but, but B it's like, yeah, traditionally, they're in the running. They're going to make it to be that last, that Final Four, that Elite Eight area, so you know you're going to give yourself a shot. Well, it's not really biased if your team's always in striking distance to, to winning it. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's if y'all went 6-7 or seven <laughs> last year and you picked y'all to win this year, I'd, I'd probably call you out on it. But I think, like, honestly, it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to say like you're you're not being biased. It's just you're looking at the facts. 
Yeah, the only thing that's interesting to me is I can't figure out how they're going to handle their schedule, Ohio State's, mm-hmm. um, because it's just it it's kind of set up for a lot of traps. Yeah. Um, they're just there's some sticky situations where they got to navigate. Um, the Cincinnati game, week two. Uh, obviously, that's their marquee game, mm-hmm. non-conference game. So you don't have to worry about playing in Oklahoma or a Texas or anybody like that, like you usually do. But uh, I'm I'm very curious to see how they handle the intensity of the kids from Cincinnati because no team from Ohio has beat Ohio State since I believe 1921. Jesus Christ! And um, and that the head coach of Cincinnati is Luke Fickle, who played at Ohio State and coached at Ohio State for almost two decades. And uh, you know how it is. I mean, you get a lot of those kids that you know they they didn't get an opportunity to play at Ohio State, and they grew up as an Ohio State right. fan. So now they're getting their shot. Right. Um, then they go at Indiana, then Miami, Ohio, which will be two wins, and then the big one. It's kind of like everybody's picking it this year. Is uh, Ohio State at Nebraska mm-hmm. at the end of September? And um, they're thinking that that could be the if, if both teams are four zero college game day will be there, and with Ohio State's recent tw- uh, trend of losing, yeah. you know, a, a, not a conference road game that they're supposed to win, that could be the yeah. one. Um, but then after that, you get Michigan State, which who knows? I mean, Michigan State's going to play great defense, and they've always played a running quarterback very mm-hmm. well. Uh, Michigan State's, I think, almost their entire defense uh, comes back. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starters returning on defense. So that's always big for them. Um, Then they get a bye week, and then they have to play at Northwestern on a Friday night. Then the week after that, they have to play Wisconsin. And then they get Maryland um, Maryland and Rutgers. And then they have to finish the season playing Penn State, and then at Michigan. Yeah. You know, looking at this schedule, um, one thing I do see that shakes out really really well for y'all, um, I think that your bye weeks are set up pretty well. Yeah, you get one right there after Wisconsin. Yeah, well. You get there, like, you get you get two of them right there in the middle <laughs> of the of the season. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think you – you say coming, looking at your your opening schedule, you'd be coming off of two pretty good games uh, to end September and to start October. The number at Nebraska, then Michigan State at home. Then you get a bye week, and then you get a bye week. Then you you get it's a shortened bye week, of course, because you play on that Friday. But then you get an extended week to prep for Wisconsin knowing that you have a bye week after that. And then you kind of get two. Right. Well, I won't call Maryland a dud because last year's game was really tight. But, I mean, very similar. to, to if, you're, if you're a championship team, these should be two, as long as we come in and don't make mistakes, winnable games. And then you finish up with two two games. So, I mean, if you really break it down to sections, you go two tough Bye week, too tough. Bye week, too walk in the parks, too tough. So, I mean, it 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 
it lays out a little bit nicer than some of these teams. Uh, like we mentioned before, with Wisconsin having to play um, everybody from or all the top teams from the East, like it just doesn't shake out well for them. Uh, Nebraska as well. Right. Um, but I mean, like, I think that you'll be tested early. Like you said, that, that Cincinnati and that, that Indiana game will be two tighter games. But I think it also allows Ryan Day to get a feel for his team and like managing a full game, knowing you're the guy for 12 and not the guy for three, like he was last year. It'll be very interesting to see how they handle losing a game in Columbus. Because, you know, you never were going to like fire Urban Meyer. I mean, even if he lost to like Purdue by 29 on yeah. the road. You know what I mean? Like nobody, that was never going to happen. Right. But if that were to happen now, that's a whole different story. You think there, you think there'd be rumblings? Um, yeah, I, it's it, it, I mean, him being a first year head coach and it's Ohio state. You I mean, you could pretty much get whoever you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I, that's, that'll be very interesting to see because they, they, they expect to win every game, you know? So I mean that's just that's the expectation, um, and he even said that in his com- his press conference was, you know, the expectations around here don't change. Um, mm-hmm. You beat the team up north, and then you win all the other games. So I mean it's just it is what it is. That's a monster you have to you have to face. So okay, so uh, so we both went with Ohio State uh, to come out of this side just so that people will say that you're not being biased. Let's make a case for Michigan, because if I'm looking at this, if I'm looking at this breakdown now, like Michigan's going to be tested. Um, We've got Notre Dame at home, which should be a really good game. Uh, They got Michigan state. Well, you got to think you got to, yeah, before you before you even get to Ohio State, you have Michigan State at home, Notre Dame at home. You have to go to Penn State, and you have to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. So I mean, they're going to be tested. That's four. That's four big games yeah. that you got to win. So I mean, those are those are going to be good games. Like, so I mean, I will say if by the time if they beat Notre Dame, I think they they can beat Ohio State. And I know it's two different monsters, but I think Notre Dame is very is going to be a very they're built the yeah, same way. And they're going to be a good team again this year, um, and they've got a quarterback who's been battle tested, who you know has been to a college football playoff before. They're like their their goals coming into this season are going to be very much um, similar to. Ohio State. So I think that if Michigan can win that game, that's a big game. It's at home. Uh, I I think that that bodes well for what they want to do later in the year. Um, The thing about Michigan is it's like, can they do it throughout the season? 
Like they like last year they played really well. But like you you laid a dud at the end of the season and I mean you kind of laid a dud to start the season against um Notre Dame. Well, the thing about Michigan is can they win the games? The big ones, the they... ones that that really matter. Like they win the games that they're supposed to, but can they win the games that like truly truly matter? Like I'm looking at last year's schedule, like so they lost to Notre Dame to start. You know, they beat up on the teams that they were supposed to. They had a tight game against Northwestern. Um, but pretty much, I mean, they beat everybody by double digits outside of Northwestern. And I tell you, like, I mean, even on the road at Michigan State, if Michigan State had an offense, you know, that was – I mean, that, that I don't – I really don't know if they would win that game because offensively Michigan was not playing well either. I think one thing that kind of hurts, kind of hurts Michigan. I know that we were building a case for it. I think one of the things that kind of hurts Michigan, very similar to what I said about Ohio State, they've. I don't think they have very good bye weeks. Um, I, I will say the first one's nice because it comes before Wisconsin, so it gives you a little bit of time to prep for a really big game on the road. Yeah, plus it's at that time where like cuz you start August 1. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're right there you're five straight weeks into it. Yeah, but and it's good to have a break, you know what I mean? I like getting a couple under my belt because like that stretch of at Wisconsin, Rutgers is kind of a dud. Iowa is going to be a tough game. Illinois is a dud. Penn State will probably still be a good game. Notre Dame will probably still be a good game. No telling with Maryland. I mean that's what's that six straight? One, two, three, four, well, five, seven I straight. Mean, this this is even bolster your point that that they've got a good bye week right there. Is it's tough to have a big game on the road at Wisconsin, and uh, let alone like you know even if you have your warm up games before that. You know, that's a tough game anyway, but then you have to play a service academy like Army who finished in the top yeah, 25. like that's no push You know what I mean? And so for them, that'll give them the opportunity to focus just on the triple option, knowing that they have two weeks to prepare for Wisconsin. That's fair. So is there – so we've talked about Michigan – We've talked about Ohio State. Is there a chance for – I mean, is does Michigan State truly have a chance or is it just kind of like a preseason thing where we give everybody a, a shot at it? This seems to be the years that like Mark D'Antonio works his mm-hmm. magic because um, the thing – I mean, they're just going to have to find a, a way on offense to figure they it have out. They have one by week. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, well. Oh, hold on. I'm looking at last year's. They had one bye week last year. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry. They've yeah, got this two. year they've got. Ah, uh, their bye weeks stink. They've got, they've got two at the end of that the year. That stinks. Do they go, they have, they play one game in three weeks. That's, so they play October 12th. They play one game between October 13th and November 8th. I don't like that one bit. 
Mm. Well, they could have really used that last year for how many injuries they had. But yeah, their their bye week last year was at the beginning of the season. Then they played like nine straight. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But see, here's the thing is, I, I don't know why everybody's so low on Michigan State. I, I mean, so they got a new offensive coordinator. And so that'll be big for them. But, uh, I mean, they, they, they bring back two receivers. They bring back three, uh, four linemen. They bring back a starting quarterback, starting running back. They bring back eight guys on defense. Their entire um, defensive line is coming mm-hmm. back. It just that's gonna that's gonna be the key. If they could put it together on offense, they're gonna be fine. I think defensively they're gonna be great. And I yeah, to be honest with you, like I'm surprised people are picking them so low. I'm, I'm surprised people pick them below Penn State. I I think people are pick, picking off a of recency bias there versus. Sure. I mean, it's. I would probably lean toward. I don't know. No. I'd probably lean towards uh, Michigan State over Penn State. <sighs> um, yeah, yeah, I'd pick Michigan State in a heartbeat. Who is Rutgers still going to be the ass end of the conference this year, or is Illinois going to take it? I think it's going to be Rutgers. Illinois last year was extremely young. I mean, they they played more. Uh, you know, PJ Fleck was making this argument as well, but they're saying that they were playing the most freshmen mm-hmm. and sophomores than anybody in college football. Um, but Rutgers was, or uh, Illinois was sitting there doing the same thing last year, and they return a lot of players. So um, mm-hmm. the fact that they actually got four wins was kind of a big deal. But mm-hmm. I, they're doing a good job of scheduling because uh, they get Akron. At UConn and Eastern Michigan, they got to win those three games. And so you got to think if you win those three games, you got to win one Big Ten game. Just to just a repeat, and uh, they they don't play in the West, so I'd give the bottom to Rutgers. Right. I'm sorry they they don't play in the East, so I'd give the bottom to Rutgers who does play in the East, so they don't have to play. I mean, their crossover games are Michigan at Michigan State. And then they get Rutgers. So on November yeah. 2nd, I guess we'll find um, out. When was the last time, and you'll probably know this better than I will, when was the last time that the Big Ten had the clear-cut best offensive player in the nation? You really think Rondell Moore is the, the best offensive electric. player in the country? Yeah, I, I, I you have, I mean, like, I would say. Oh, I the, agree. The most I mean, electric, he's, he's got to be in the top five. I mean, you, you, we talked about him last week, but you probably, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, like excluding quarterbacks, but like Trevor Lawrence would probably be in there if we talked about quarterbacks. Travis Etienne's probably in there. Um, I mean, he. Rondell's got to be in the top five, like arguably best offensive weapons out there right now. He's probably number one electric. Oh, number, number one electric I mean, player. He was he was a couple drops away the first game against Northwestern for really having 
a crazy night, and he still had a wild night. Yeah. I, I saw it all too. I saw it up close and personal. <laughs> you know, watching him run through all those Ohio State defenders. So, I mean, like. Um, the thing that shocks me is that, like, they, I mean, everybody knows he's right, getting the ball. Right. You know what I mean? And like, he still does. It's doesn't. not going anywhere else but to him. I like, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Um, yeah, I mean, no, Nebraska's going to have a kid, uh, Wandale Robinson. He, he is supposed to be um, of the same electricity as Rondell Moore, both from Louisville uh, or both from Kentucky. Excuse me. Uh, Wandale had originally committed to Kentucky before decommitting and going to Nebraska. So that'll be an interesting one that I'll, I'll keep an eye on for sure um, to see, like, how he pans out and how, how he plays in Nebraska because um, – I know you're a big Athlon sports reader like I am, but uh, it was across the board that they had him as the top freshman in in the uh, conference this year. So I'll be I'll be interested to see like how he actually performs uh, for a team that a lot of people have doing a lot of special things this year. I think that he's going to have to be the type of player Rondell Moore is for Nebraska to get where they want to be. Well, it'll be probably easier for him to because having Adrian Martinez at quarterback, he doesn't. But that's that's what blows my mind away about Rondell Moore is that he's the guy. So it'll be interesting to see how Jeff Brom keeps recruiting players to get to Purdue because Purdue has mm-hmm. always had a history of having good offenses. I'll be interested to see like how how teams defend him next year. Like, are they going to are they going to kind of like bracket defend him, like with a maybe like a nickel and a safety over top? Are they going to let guys try to one on one defend him? I mean, that's what Ohio State that's what Ohio State would try to do. I mean, that, that's probably your best bet. The thing that the thing that's so I mean, he's just not very many guys yeah. have the shiftiness and the top end speed, and he is so strong. So it's just a mismatch nightmare. Yeah, I'll be, I mean, that's interesting to me. Like, I think that, I mean, it's very similar. I would say he's in a very similar position as Randall was um, at Kentucky. Like, you just have, um, you have, like, you, you know you're the guy. Like you said, you know you're the guy. You know that's who they're coming to. And it's basically like daring anybody else to beat you outside of. Rondell Moore. Kevin, so I'm looking at the the breakdown from last year. Um, He had, to to finish the season, he had nine catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns against Wisconsin. He had 12 catches for 141 yards and two touchdowns against Indiana. And then he had 11 catches for 94 yards against um, Auburn with one touchdown, but it was rushing. So, I mean, like, he did it. I mean, he did it. And obviously, like you know, he had 12 for 170 against Ohio State. But, like, even against the best teams, he still produced. Yeah. Ended up with 114 catches for 1,258 yards, averaged 11 yards a catch. Like, that's 
that's tough for a freshman. And I mean, I just against something that's not gonna matter. Like against Illinois, against Rutgers, you know, it's just not gonna matter if you bracket him or not. He's gonna get over. Well, um, do you remember the trivia question I asked you not too long ago? Uh, Rondale Moore is one of now three true freshman unanimous All Americans. Do you know who the other two were? First team All Americans, unanimous. I'll give you a hint. They're both running backs. Bo and Herschel? Uh, one is correct. Herschel Walker. Hmm. And the other was Adrian Peterson. Ah, uh, yeah, that's probably, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, that's incredible. Isn't that wild? And <laughs> he's, he's at so Purdue. Good. He's so good. He should have been in. Can you, nah, listen, I hate to sidetrack this because I know it's big, I know what you're going to say. Could you imagine play. if he's at UK with Benny Snow? Him, him, uh, Wandale Robinson. Are you kidding me? I talk so much <laughs> shit <laughs> both of them. <laughs> Man, I'd be getting I'd be getting my takes off right now. But nevertheless, this is the life that you live as a Kentucky fan. Like and you know, it's dope. Like I, I, I keep up with I keep up with recruiting from what I see on Twitter. Um you know, I I don't know these kids until so a lot of the Kentucky um, radio hosts and stuff that I follow till they start talking about them. So I didn't know much about Wondell Robinson until it got closer to his um, his like signing day or like decision day. But I mean, a lot of I know like a lot of uh, Nebraska fans were pissed that he chose Kentucky originally, and a lot of Kentucky fans were pissed when. He decommitted and went to Nebraska. So, I mean, I'm sure people who do this for a living have seen him play and know that he's a special kid. I'll be excited to finally see him play and see, like, what the hype is about. Right. Well, uh, I want to touch on, before we get into our top games of the year, I got a couple of uh, top storylines. Um, do you think that now that Urban's gone – do you think this is a decline mm-hmm. in the Big Ten Conference, or do you think that um, the the level that they've elevated is here to stay? Um, I don't say decline because I think you still got a lot of great coaches. Um, you got D'Antonio, you got um, you got Harbaugh, you got Scott Pat Fitzgerald, Falls, uh, you Kirk got Fleck. So, like, you've got uh, you, Fitzgerald still. What's my man at uh, Penn State? Um, James oh, Franklin. Shit, oh, I can't think of his name. He used to be a Vandy. I can't think of Franklin. Yeah, so, James I mean, like, Franklin. You've got really good coaches. Yeah, that's what you said. Um, um, you still got um, Brom at Purdue. So I mean, like you've got good coaches. I don't think they take a step back. I think if anything the middle tier of the Big Ten takes a step up. Interesting. Um, I I think this year. Um, I think with Urban, it's almost – it's very much um, 
and I hear Tyler talk about this a lot on on his podcast when when they discuss um, teams and their moves that they make. But it's a it's basically like a lot of these teams have played the waiting game, and so now that Urban's gone, it's it's opened up the the conference. So a lot of teams feel like we have a shot now, and I think we talk about it a lot, but mentality wise, like when you know you've got a shot, like you, you train a little bit harder, you know, you, you stay a little bit later and you watch a little bit more film because I mean, if you're, if you're Penn state, Michigan state, Michigan right now, and you're like, man, like we've been close, but we just couldn't get over the Ohio state hurdle. And now like there's a different dude. I don't care if they got the same players. Like when you have a different coach, things are different. Like they, it's just not the same. It's not to say it might not be better, and it's not to say it will be worse, but it will be different. And I think just enough difference is enough to motivate the other teams to be like, this is our shot. And I think that teams will take that as an opportunity to finally have um, a chance to beat Ohio State. interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Kevin Jackson forgot how to use a computer, so we bring you the following commercial break. How many teams out of the Big Ten do you see being bowl eligible this year? That's a good question. Uh, let me take a look at – I mean, obviously you got – let's go if you go to the top teams, you got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State – I would say Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern. That's seven. I think the make or break. I I would probably go the make or break the betting number. I would probably say ten. I think I think ten is probably spot on, and that's Minnesota and Purdue being the the two at the end of the line. I think that's the ceiling. Yeah. You probably have Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland as your lot as your bottom four. Yeah, yeah. Um, so does that mean that Lovey is gone after this year? I don't know if that means he's gone because I, it just depends on what Illinois wants to do. Mm-hmm. I think there's got to see some improvement if they go. I don't know if they go five and seven or six and six. They probably keep them, mm-hmm. but. Just show some improvement. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see them doing that. So maybe it is the year that he's gone. Gotcha. Um, I got a question for you. Okay. It seems like most teams in the Big Ten, besides Ohio State now that Urban's gone, has got their guy. Mm -hmm. James Franklin's kind of got Penn State out of the the Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky years. Um, Maryland's got... Mike Loxley, he's he's coached there before. He's kind of like their guy. Uh, Scott Frost is is Nebraska's golden child. Jeff Brom has given Purdue an identity. They they love him. He's chosen to stay there. PJ Fleck is has got his big job, and um, I, he loves Minnesota. Minnesota loves him. Tom Allen's been in Indiana for a while. You've got uh, you know D'Antonio. Has been at Michigan State forever. Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa forever. 
Um, Harbaugh is Michigan's guy. Um, of all the new coaches, I've got Mike Loxley, mm-hmm. Ryan Day at Ohio State, Scott Frost in Nebraska, PJ Fleck at Minnesota, Tom Allen, Indiana, Jeff Brom at Purdue. Which one of those coaches, those guys are all in their first, second, and third year. Which of those coaches do you think is the best career at their school? Damn. Mike Loxley at Maryland, Ryan Day at Ohio State, Scott Frost at Nebraska, PJ Fleck at Minnesota, Tom Allen at Indiana, Jeff Brom at Purdue. I think I would I would probably lean towards it'd be a toss up between Scott Frost or Ryan Day. I I'm hesitant to go to Ryan Day just because I mean if he wins two national championships like big whoop. I mean like yeah, people love him, but I think if he wins a of really if he wins two national championships, I mean like it's not just but Urban didn't win two national championships. Right, but I would I would say that what Urban was there eight years, seven, seven. So I mean, if Ryan Day's there fifteen years and he wins two, I think most people would say Urban would have gotten another one had he stayed another seven years. Um, That's I just, true. I I think in order to be great or to be this like super just well-established guy at Ohio State, you've got to do something irregular. And whatever he does has been done before other than go like 15 and up. Um, Whereas Scott Frost, Nebraska was this, you know, in the 90s, they were this, you know, this, this traditional powerhouse, and they've kind of lost that for a long time now. And I think if he gets them back to that namesake, that transcends what Ryan Day could do, taking something and continuing on in its greatness. Right. Yeah, Very I think, much I think like, Scott Frost in Nebraska had the highest ceilings of any of those guys. Uh, in yeah. terms of in terms of um like you know like I think Scott Frost is gonna be committed to. He's gonna be there for a while. He can be there for a while. I think mm-hmm. he's got more job security than Ryan Day does. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just because of like your, just because of the the goals and and the standards that are set at Ohio State, and if Ryan Day doesn't meet that, versus like yeah, they're they're almost impossible. I mean, Urban won ninety one percent of his games. Mm-hmm. You know, his first he went twenty four and zero to start at Ohio State. It's pretty good. And it's just you know what I mean. I. As a kid, you thought, like, when Trestle left, you're like, oh, my gosh, who are they going to get? How can you get better than that? I mean, he was 10-1 and against Michigan, played in three national titles, won one, won all those Big Ten championships. It's like, how are you going to top that? Right. You know? And, uh, I mean, so, I mean, your your two predecessors are a combined 17-1 and against your rival. I mean, that's, that's an almost impossible standard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. And so if he loses if he loses, let's just say he goes two and two against Michigan and they average ten and two and they don't win a Big Ten title in four years, I think he's gone. Damn. That's tough. <laughs> uh, I mean, but that's that's yeah. I mean that's the I mean 
you go two and two, no Big Ten title, two and two against Michigan, no Big Ten title, and you don't have. I mean, your best season is like eleven and one, mm-hmm. but you're like you're you're losing two, maybe three games a year. Yeah, I think he's gone. Mm, spicy. So, but well. now, um, who do you think? Who do you think has a better? This this might be an obvious question, mm-hmm. but uh, Justin Fields is not the only five star transfer quarterback that's going to start this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Northwestern's got the kid from Clemson, Hunter Johnson, the former five star kid. Mm-hmm. He'll be eligible to play this year. Um, do you think it's possible that he has a better career than than Justin Fields does at Ohio State? Uh, I do not. Uh, one, because I, I'm a very big proponent of the better team usually propels better success at the position. Um, it's a little bit... Well, different. I think it's safe to say that the that the, the stats aren't going to be aligned up. Well, I, I just think... You know that, what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like... You said who's going to have the better career. Like, I think that Ohio State's going to win more games. I think that Justin Fields is probably going to have better numbers just because, I mean, if you look at it like this, they're going to be able to, more in more games than not, they're going to be able to dictate their pace and how they want to play the game more than Northwestern will, right? Oh, for sure. They're going to have probably better skill position players on the offensive side than Northwestern will, right? Right. They're going to have – most definitely will. They're going to have a better running game than Northwestern will, right? Right. So if you're a quarterback, I mean, like, just think about, like, in the SEC. I I relate it to the SEC because that's what I watch more, but, like, Alabama quarterbacks aren't always like they don't traditionally bode well when they get to the NFL when all uh, talent is equal. But look how good they look in their offense because it's like, oh, I turn around and I hand the ball off to two or three different monsters at running back. So when I pull that thing and I run play action, my five star ungodly athletes are going to be wide open because you have to respect it. So when Justin Fields is, because who is it? Is 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 Mike uh, uh, Weber and who else is y'all's running back? Oh, it's just J.K. Dobbins coming from Dobbins. So Weber's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Okay, so Dobbins, but I'm gonna assume that y'all probably have another like stud behind him. This just. I mean, it's just how it is. It's the backup. The backup's probably going to be the kid from um, from Blackman from a couple really? years ago. Master oh, Teague. I forgot he went there. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. So, like, I think it's honestly pretty. The- I I think it's pretty relative. I see what you're saying, though. Like, you're handing the ball off to better players, but I think you can have relatively better career. Hunter Johnson, like. I mean, I think he could have one of those, um, almost like a like a, almost like a Drew Brees kind of deal. You know what I mean? Where they 
they did end up winning a Big Ten championship, but I mean, it was pretty much Drew Brees and everybody else. He could, but it's it's so much tougher to do that because you're gonna have to shoulder much more of the weight for the for Northwestern than well, he's Justin the, Fields. He, he also he also plays it. He also plays. Well, you know, you got to. But the thing is, he also has an established. Well, sure, but he has an established coach. They play in a lesser division, and you know they're going to play good defense. So it's not like he's going to have to do it all. I mean, I get it, but then you got to like. I mean, you got to look at it too. Like, you you get a little bit more of Justin Fields' foot or like feet too. So like, traditionally, when Ohio State has had a quarterback that was mobile, it can move. He killed you both ways. Now, you could argue which way he was more effective. Like, if you look at, like, Terrell Pryor and, and Troy Smith, like, you could argue, like, which, like, what kills you worse. But when you have the capability to do both, I mean, it traditionally sets you apart. So, right in the, in the world of RPOs, you got to go to, I could give the ball to, I could give the ball to it a number of different backs, or I could pull it and throw it to these like decent wide receiver talent. Cause y'all always got solid wide receivers or I could pull the ball and run. Yeah. Like, It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, for this Hunter Johnson kid to see if he actually pans out. Um, because like, as you said, Justin Fields will get elevated because he's got really good yeah. players and you know what I mean? So, I will say when, but it'll be interesting to see when you look up. at a guy like Hunter Johnson, though, like he does, like he's listed as a, a dual threat. I haven't seen him play, but like that, that leads me to believe that he does have the the ability to use his feet. I don't know how much like you're going to incorporate that into Northwestern's offense, but I will say that just above average quarterback play at Northwestern goes farther than it does at Ohio State. So when you get a team that has traditionally just had an average quarterback and you put in somebody who's above average into that position, well now that you know that could propel them into kind of strong arm in that that western side of the conference for the next few years. Right. Right. All right, let's get into our top games of the year. Most important games in the Big Ten. Let's start off uh, number five. I've got Ohio State at Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of the top teams in their representative divisions um, on September 28th. I think that'll be a big test to figure out uh, who both teams are. Um, We'll see how Ohio State handles post Urban Meyer on the road, big night game. And then we'll also see um, how Nebraska handles being in the, in the spotlight. So number four, I've got Iowa at Nebraska on November 29th could be the game that decides the West division. Number three, I've got Notre Dame at Michigan. That's probably the biggest non-conference game for the big 10 on uh, October 26th. Also could be, uh, um, Big time uh, heartbreaker for Michigan if they're trying to play for the for the uh, college football playoff. Also, that's a low key, uh, pretty big rivalry game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you would think Ohio State and Notre Dame could potentially be a rival as well, but uh, they've only ever played each other five times. Really? And so, uh, yeah, Notre Dame and Michigan have played each other a bunch. So, uh, number two, I've got Iowa at Wisconsin on November 9th. Um, You've got two of the traditional top uh, Western Division uh, winners going at it late in the season. Um, And then number one, I've got Ohio State at Michigan. It's always the biggest game. It's probably one of the biggest games in college football, so it's got to be one of the biggest games in your conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, excuse me. Got a big belch in there. Um, <laughs> I didn't have – mine didn't differ a whole hell of a lot from yours. Uh, I didn't number mine off, but I had Iowa at Nebraska um, very much for the same reasons that you had it. Um, it could boil down to be kind of that deciding factor on um, who kind of comes out of that western side of the conference. Uh, I've got Northwestern at Nebraska. That's another big one for that side of the conference. Uh, I've got Ohio State and Michigan for all the reasons that we'd make a list like this. I mean, it is traditionally one of the best rivalries uh, in college football. It always means it's always important. Doesn't matter if you guys are playing for the uh, college football playoffs or not. Like it's important. So that one's in there. Um, I got Notre Dame at Michigan for the same reasons that you do, but. It's it matters more to Notre Dame to win that game, I think, than Michigan because Michigan could lose that game and still make it to the college football playoff. I don't think Notre Dame can sacrifice losing. Um, I think that they're going to have to because of the strength of their schedule. Now they do play Georgia as well, but I just think that they're going to have to probably go two and zero in those games since they don't have a conference championship. Right. And after uh, what happened last year, there. I mean, they're going to have to go undefeated. Right. Right. Uh, I had Michigan State at Michigan. Uh, I think that that could, I think that that could play. I think Michigan State, out of the three teams, I think Ohio State and Michigan are probably the two that are really chirping back and forth to win the East. But I think Michigan State is going to play the role of spoiler for somebody. And I don't right. know where it's going to come in, but I, I do think that's going to come into play this year. Um, Wisconsin and Ohio State, I just think that that's, that's two big-time programs um, going off at each other. I think that that will be a hell of a game. Uh, I'm going to see, like, Ohio State, they lost some on defense. It's going to be interesting to see, can you all stop? Like, obviously, like, uh, I sent you, <laughs> I sent you the uh, the breakdown of Wisconsin linemen, but Wisconsin had the top paid linemen at every position in the oh. NFL. So I'm gonna assume that they probably got some big uglies up front that are gonna be whooping ass in the trenches. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how you all stop uh, Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh, so that'll be a good game. And then Iowa at Wisconsin, uh, for all the reasons I named any other West West side of the conference matchup before, I think that that's going to play a part as to who comes out of the, the West. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Not a lot of huge marquee 
out of conference games for you all, but a lot of great interconference games, I think, that are going to probably make a difference as to not only what two teams end up in Indianapolis, but also if you guys can break that two-year trend of getting somebody in the college football playoffs. Right. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. If 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 somebody, in my opinion, if somebody in the, from the West ends up winning the league, then I'm going to say, no, it's not going to happen. Right. So right. It's going to have to be from the East. So it's going to be an exciting year. It's it's going to be, I think the one of probably the hardest conference to predict, maybe besides the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. So what do you looking at? Kind of that that breakdown. We've gone over top games. Who did you have for your top offensive performer for the conference? Um. Honestly, so I picked Adrian Martinez as the offensive player of the year. But, uh, I mean, I I don't think he's the best offensive player, but I think he'll have the statistics to back it up. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, man. This is is tough for me because you know where my heart wants to go, obviously. Yeah, and and he'll do it. Honestly, if he can put up the numbers, he'll he'll get it. I'm just not certain. Like – because Dutton Purdue Purdue has a new quarterback this year, right? Yeah, he's been there for a while and played a bunch. Okay, uh, I just, I'm just you know their sophomore slumps. Like teams are going to make adjustments. Like Rondell Moore's not surprising anybody this year. Um, man, I really I want to take him, but I think the safe pick is probably Jonathan Taylor. Like it. He's a beast, uh, like, he, like yeah. he just is. He's just another in the long line of Wisconsin beast at running back. And I think that uh, ultimately, I think that team's going to be really good, but I think he's going to carry a lot of the weight and success of that team. Um, he's going to have no – I where Rondell Moore were kind of interested to see how they get the ball, how they scheme up different ways to get them the ball and how teams defend them. Jonathan Taylor's getting the ball. Like, I don't care if there's nine men in the box. He's getting the ball. So it just depends on how he performs this year. But I think he's a safe bet, so he'll be who I go with. Yeah, that's that's it's kind of crazy that this is the first time we've mentioned Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, (laughs) I mean – the kid, he's just been—he's been a hoss, and I mean, I—the only reason why I think this year could be different is because their schedule is a little bit tougher. But I think ultimately, like he's—he's he's gonna have the measurables. He reminds me of like Benny. It doesn't matter like who y'all play; like he's gonna get his. Now, what the rest of the team does uh, will be a toss-up, but he will get his. Right. Yeah. I agree. Um, plus, you know, it's just a Wisconsin. It's like insert plug and play. Yeah. So who do you think is the defensive player of the year? Honestly, man, like I don't know. Um, I think. I'm going Chase Young. From, from Ohio State. State. Yeah, the former five-star kid. Um, 
last year kind of got put in the limelight, had 10 and a half sacks. Uh, but the kid is a physical freak. He looks like he should be in the NFL. Um, and he's just uh, he, he's good in all aspects of the game. Pass rushing, run stopping. Uh, he can run. So I, I, I think he's a safe pick to be defensive player of the year. That's fair. I'm I'm gonna go with my namesake. Uh, I'm going with AJ. Is it is it Impenenza? Impenenza. I I honestly I never even heard of this guy. You know he did not start a game last year and he finished with ten and a half sacks. Yeah, which is which is why I'm going with him this year. Like, I mean, I'm just just from like doing the research and looking at it. He had he went from four and a half sacks in. 2017 to 10 and a half last year. Uh, again, mentioning your point that he didn't start any of those games. He had uh, four first fumbles as well. I just think like there's obviously been some sort of trend or, or something happened between his first year and his second year. So it's like if I'm counting on him to continue to have that same kind of even if he puts up very similar stats of having 10 sacks, like that's going to put him right where he needs to be to be getting uh, this award. So I'm going to take him. Um, He's going to represent for the AJs and hopefully hold it down. So I love it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he uh, becomes more of a household name, because like I said, I don't even really know how to pronounce his name. Um, Epinesa. Epinesa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I I'll say this: this conference, more than others, has been one that I'm truly like the. I think the newcomer of the year is a toss-up because you have, you know, you have uh, multiple transfer quarterbacks coming in, and you've got like some some freshmen that are going to play that will make a difference from the year before. So I think like that'll be a big award to watch. I didn't write anybody down for this one, but I think that it will be a, a pretty big award to watch. The newcomer of the year, I think is it's gotta be Justin Fields as a front runner. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but to your point, um, you talked about the kid at uh, Northwestern, uh, uh, Hunter, like Hunter. if he comes out and he wins 10 games, I don't care if Justin Fields, if he goes 11 and one, you probably give it to the kid at uh, Northwestern. Yep. Um, there's also a couple other kids to watch. A former five-star recruit, um, Garrett Wilson, is a true freshman for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be a huge, huge one. A kid, breakout kid, originally from Columbus. And then um, he uh, – but he's the highest-rated receiver prospect they've ever had. There's also the kid uh, that's coming to Wisconsin, Graham Mertz. Mm-hmm. A freshman, a highly rated kid. Seems like a guy that's perfect for their system. So he's not been named the starter. He might not even start. But um, if there's a school that I feel like you could uh, really thrive as a quarterback, as a young quarterback, it would be Wisconsin because you don't have all the pressure on you. <laughs> you just basically have to hand it off 40 times and make the 15 throws they ask you to. Right. So, well, it's going to be a good year. Excited to see how it goes.
Yeah, definitely. I think that this year more than years before, it's although it, it may only be a two, three team race, it's not a one team race. And I feel like that's how it's been for um how the outside has perceived the Big Ten for the last few years. So I do think that that'll make it a little bit more interesting. Um, Big Ten's got to get away from 12 o'clock kickoffs. Like that, I think that's just hurting them. <laughs> you think? I, you know, I feel like um, they've done a lot more night games in the recent past. They have. I just think, like, I don't, I, I know that, you know, you've told me the background for why the Michigan Ohio State game is at noon, but. I just feel like it puts so much more juice on it when it's a nighttime game. Yeah, they've they've never played it at night. I know. They've started at three thirty they've started at three thirty and it finishes at nighttime, but they've never yeah, they've never played it at night. The Big Ten used to have a rule that you weren't allowed to play night games in November. That's wild. Uh because they didn't want to deal with the cold. Yeah, that makes sense. At nighttime, they didn't want to deal with the cold at the nighttime, the unpredictable, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, teams got to travel late night. Everybody's tired. Yep. And it's snowy and wet outside. That's fair. So, but I think that's been relaxed a lot. I'll be interested to see. I think that, like you said, I think that the, and this is my, my honest opinion. I think the middle of the, the conference will take that step up, which will be exciting. Yeah, which is needed. It, it needs to happen. It's it's good that like schools like Minnesota, Purdue, Northwestern got to play in a championship game. Need Maryland to get back up there. Um, if only Rutgers was back, to yeah. where the Shiano was. <laughs> um, because that's the only the the bad the the bottom is really bad. The 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 top end can play with anybody. The middle's getting better, but the low end is just it's still so bad. If I ask you to tell me like the first Rutgers clip that comes into your mind, what is it? Oh, it's the pandemonium in Pescataway. Is that where he hits the kick and points at the the, the kicker the points camp? at the sky cam? <laughs> yep. And the whole crowd rushes it. Nah. I remember watching that live, man. Keep yep. chopping. Uh, that's like it's embedded in my memory. That doesn't even seem like the same program, though. You know what I mean? That's oh, so- it doesn't. And they were so good. So, but anyway, uh, y'all stay tuned because we got the uh, coming up real quick, quick turnaround. We've got um, the SEC coming out soon. Um, we'll be breaking down who's going to win uh, big in the SEC and pick out the top games and pick a top player, so on and so forth. So appreciate y'all listening to our Big Ten breakdown. As always, rate, review, subscribe on um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Peace of Mind 615 And, um, yeah, appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. See you.
Yeah. I, I saw it all too. I saw it up close and personal. <laughs> you know, watching him run through all those Ohio State defenders. So, I mean, like. Um, the thing that shocks me is that, like, they, I mean, everybody knows he's right, getting the ball. Right. You know what I mean? And like, he still does. It's doesn't. not going anywhere else but to him. I like, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Um, yeah, I mean, no, Nebraska's going to have a kid, uh, Wandale Robinson. He, he is supposed to be um, of the same electricity as Rondell Moore, both from Louisville uh, or both from Kentucky. Excuse me. Uh, Wandale had originally committed to Kentucky before decommitting and going to Nebraska. So that'll be an interesting one that I'll, I'll keep an eye on for sure um, to see, like, how he pans out and how, how he plays in Nebraska because um, – I know you're a big Athlon sports reader like I am, but uh, it was across the board that they had him as the top freshman in in the uh, conference this year. So I'll be I'll be interested to see like how he actually performs uh, for a team that a lot of people have doing a lot of special things this year. I think that he's going to have to be the type of player Rondell Moore is for Nebraska to get where they want to be. Well, it'll be probably easier for him to because having Adrian Martinez at quarterback, he doesn't. But that's that's what blows my mind away about Rondell Moore is that he's the guy. So it'll be interesting to see how Jeff Brom keeps recruiting players to get to Purdue because Purdue mm-hmm. has always had a history of having good offenses. I'll be interested to see like how how teams defend him next year. Like, are they going to are they going to kind of like bracket defend him, like with a maybe like a nickel and a safety over top? Are they going to let guys try to one on one defend him? I mean, that's what Ohio State. That's what Ohio State would try to do. I mean, that, that's probably your best bet. The thing that the thing that's so I mean, he's just not very many guys yeah. have the shiftiness and the top end speed, and he is so strong. So it's just a mismatch nightmare. Yeah, I'll be, I mean, that's interesting to me. Like, I think that, I mean, it's very similar. I would say he's in a very similar position as Randall was um, at Kentucky. Like, you just have, um, you have, like, you, you know you're the guy. Like you said, you know you're the guy. You know that's who they're coming to. And it's basically like daring anybody else to beat you outside of. Rondell Moore. Kevin, so I'm looking at the the breakdown from last year. Um, He had, to to finish the season, he had nine catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns against Wisconsin. He had 12 catches for 141 yards and two touchdowns against Indiana. And then he had 11 catches for 94 yards against um, Auburn with one touchdown, but it was rushing. So, I mean, like, he did it. I mean, he did it. And obviously, like, you know, he had 12 for 170 against Ohio State. But, like, even against the best teams, he still produced. Yeah. Ended up with 114 catches for 1,258 yards, averaged 11 yards a catch. Like, that's that's tough for a freshman. And, I mean, I just – 
against some teams, it's not going to matter. Like, against Illinois, against Rutgers, you know, it's just not going to matter if you bracket him or not. He's going to get over. Well, um, do you remember the trivia question I asked you not too long ago? Uh, Rondale Moore is one of now three true freshmen, unanimous All-Americans. Do you know who the other two were? First team, All-Americans, unanimous. I'll give you a hint. They're both running backs. Bo and Herschel? Uh, one is correct. Herschel Walker. Hmm. And the other was Adrian Peterson. Ah, uh, yeah, that's probably, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, that's incredible. Isn't that wild? And <laughs> he's at so Purdue. Good. He's so good. He should have been in. Can you, nah, listen, I hate to sidetrack this because I know it's big, I know it's you're going to say. Could you imagine if he's at UK with Benny Snell? Him, him, uh, Wandale Robinson. Are you kidding me? I talk so much <laughs> shit with both of them. <laughs> Man, I'd be getting I'd be getting my takes off right now. But nevertheless, this is the life that you live as a Kentucky fan. Like and you know, it's dope. Like I, I, I keep up with I keep up with recruiting from what I see on Twitter. Um you know, I I don't know these kids until so a lot of the Kentucky um, radio hosts stuff that I follow till they start talking about them. So I didn't know much about Wondell Robinson until it got closer to his um, his like signing day or like decision day. But I mean, a lot of I know like a lot of uh, Nebraska fans were pissed that he chose Kentucky originally, and a lot of Kentucky fans were pissed when. He decommitted and went to Nebraska. So, I mean, I'm sure people who do this for a living have seen him play and know that he's a special kid. I'll be excited to finally see him play and see, like, what the hype is about. Right. Well, uh, I want to touch on, before we get into our top games of the year, i got a couple of uh, top storylines. Um, do you think that now that Urban's gone – do you think this is a decline mm-hmm. in the Big Ten Conference, or do you think that um, the the level that they've elevated is here to stay? Um, I don't say decline because I think you still got a lot of great coaches. Um, you got D'Antonio, you got um, you got Harbaugh, you got Scott Pat Frost, Fitzgerald, uh, you Kirk got PJ Fleck. So like you've got uh, you, Fitzgerald still. What's my man at uh, Penn State? Um, James oh, Franklin. Shit, oh, I can't think of his name. He used to be a Vandy. I can't think of Franklin. Yeah, so, James I mean, like, Franklin. You've got really good coaches. Yeah, that's what you said. Um, um, you still got um, Brom at Purdue. So I mean, like you've got good coaches. I don't think they take a step back. I think if anything the middle tier of the Big Ten takes a step up. Interesting. Um, I I think this year. Um, I think with Urban, it's almost, it's very much, um, and I hear Tyler talk about this a lot on, on his podcast when, when they discuss 
um, teams and their moves that they make. But it's a it's basically like a lot of these teams have played the waiting game, and so now that Urban's gone, it's it's opened up the the conference. So a lot of teams feel like we have a shot now, and I think we talk about it a lot, but mentality wise, like when you know you've got a shot, like you you train a little bit harder, you know you you stay a little bit later and you watch a little bit more film because I mean if you're if you're Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan right now, and you're like, man, like we've been close, but we just couldn't get over the Ohio State hurdle. And now, like, there's a different dude. I don't care if they got the same players. Like, when you have a different coach, things are different. Like, they, it's just not the same. That's not to say it might not be better. And that's not to say it will be worse, but it will be different. And I think just enough difference is enough to motivate the other teams to be like, this is our shot. And I think that teams will take that as an opportunity to finally have um, a chance to beat Ohio State. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Kevin Jackson forgot how to use a computer, so we bring you the following commercial break. 